I'm Sam Seitels, and you are listening to The Pillars of Hamilton. And if you enjoy this show and want to get notifications whenever new episodes are released, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button. This will let your phone know that you want to be informed whenever a new episode drops. So go ahead and click subscribe now. Also, if you're a fan of the Friday the 13th franchise, you know, I have an event for you. My friend Brian, who is better known as South Jersey Jason, is raising money to help people with autism. Brian will be dressed as Jason Voorhees at the showboat in Atlantic City on April 8th through 10th. He'll have a table at the New Jersey Horror Convention. So check it out, get a cool photo taken, and know that 100% of all your donations will go to help people who live with autism. My guest today is Jackie Siscone. Not only is Jackie one of the best basketball players to ever come out of Hamilton, but she is now an awesome and influential coach to Hamilton's youth. I had an absolute blast talking with Jackie as she is not only a basketball player, but an awesome human being. Ladies and gentlemen, please give it up for my new friend, Jackie Siscone. You're listening to the Pillars of Hamilton. That's with me, Sam Sidetells. And you want to know what I'm going to give them? Only the finest that Hamilton has to offer. The biggest blueberries you've ever seen, baby. And they're all here, right now. So first of all, I have to say thank you for reaching out to me. Yeah, absolutely. I love what you do. This is awesome. Have you heard a few of the episodes? I have. I have. I um, I heard your interview with Bianca, who is one of my classmates, and Alina was one of my classmates did as you, well. Did you hear the one with Elena? I did hear that one. Yes. That yes. one is forever close to my heart. Oh, absolutely. She was, she was unbelievable. Great person. True inspiration. I was talking about her to my kids the other day. I was like... She's just one of those people that you, you can't say a bad thing about. It's only good about her. Oh, absolutely. And she was always that way growing up as kids. I mean, I, I knew Elena from sixth grade all the way through high school, and she was just one of the most lovable, likable people you could know. That that was genuine, you know. That wasn't, that there was nothing fake about Elena. Yeah. yeah. And you could feel that. You could feel that when you're around her. And I've done about 90 episodes now, and... I love them all. I love them all, and I get to meet people like you and 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 have these cool conversations. But oh gosh, yeah. that one with Elena. You know her brother. Do you know that her brother called here at the school just like a few months ago? I, I, you posted something, I think, on Facebook, maybe, or maybe her brother or maybe. her sister-in-law. Somebody did. I I did see something. Maybe yes. I posted, or maybe uh, I said it in a podcast. You heard? Could have been. Yeah. yeah. It's like he called me and he thanked me for wow. it, and I was just like. Dude, thank you. Yeah, yeah that's that's awesome. That's, yeah. that's great. Yeah. So you are is is um Hall of Famer <laughs> the right word? Are I you? mean, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you scored over one thousand two hundred baskets when you were in high school. Yeah, over one thousand two hundred points. Yeah, in okay. my four years at Hamilton. Yes. When I see your pictures and I see what you do. I mean, people, I've had people, you know, request or ask me to be on the show and I'll, I'll think, okay, but what are we going to talk about? Let's see what you do. And yours is, was such an easy, like, <laughs> yes, please come on. And the pictures of you coaching are so intense 
that <laughs> I, I could see myself being on that team and loving a coach like you. And that's just from the pictures. I, I definitely am intense. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. Uh, you know, basketball as a player, I was the kind of kid that I wanted you to ride me. You know, I wanted to get yelled at. I wanted, oh. I wanted to be motivated that way. So I think I played for coaches that were like that. Um, although my college coach wasn't, and I had a hard time kind of connecting at first with him because he was more laid back, and I wasn't used to that. Um, but, yeah, as a coach, I definitely – I'm intense. I'm sure my players would tell you, you know, I, I set the bar high, and they need to reach it, and I coach every play. I never sit down. <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean you coach every play? I mean, you know, the, the situation I'm in now um, – ACIT, it's kind of a rebuilding. We're rebuilding the program. There's been some success there. We lost some seniors to graduation. Um, so we're kind of starting from scratch. But doesn't that always happen? I mean, the, the seniors always graduate. Why is it different this time I, around? I think it's tough because we're a county school. So, yeah, we, we do get to draw from the entire county. But a lot of kids stay at their home schools because, you know, I, I mean, I look at myself coming out of eighth grade. I had almost every Catholic school in the area that wanted me to go play for them. But I wanted to stay with my friends. You know, I wanted to play with my friends, the, the girls I played with from third grade all the way through. So I find that to be a challenge when I'm out trying to get kids, you know, oh, look into ACIT. We offer great programs academically. You know, you can play basketball. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, but my friends are going to Absagami. They're going to Mainland. They're going to Hamilton, wherever. Um, so it does make it challenging. Um, so I find myself teaching the fundamentals a lot, um, that you'd be surprised at the high school level, some of the skills that are missing. So oftentimes, you know, I have to coach every single play, you know, and, and it's also motivating them, you know, letting them know they're doing the right thing. When they're doing the wrong thing, I'm constructive. I, you know, I let them know this is how you need to correct it. Um, but yeah, I, I I don't like to lose. <laughs> I really, Yo, I, I am with you. I don't like to lose. That part's tough. I but, know. I'm, I'm with you on that. But there are lessons to be learned when you lose, you know? So, you know, I try to teach the kids life lessons within the game of basketball too. Cause at the end of the day, not every kid's going to play in college, you know, or after high school. So I try to get them to learn, you know, basketball is kind of a metaphor for life. There's ebbs and flows, you know, you're going to have your runs where you're on top and then you're going to have your runs where you're not and you have to learn how to deal with them. And I try to teach that. I love that. And I want to get deep into the heart of that, but I want to take it back before we get there. I want to know. So when I was a kid and I was in third grade, I remember watching my first pro wrestling match. And I, I just remember thinking immediately, like, I have to do that. <laughs> And of course, my mom, like five minutes later, was like, it's fake. What are you talking right. about? But I remember seeing that. I was obsessed. Eventually went to wrestling school. The rest is history. I'm curious about you because clearly basketball is not just a game to you. It is a lifestyle. Maybe one would say an obsession. I don't little know. A little <laughs> bit. A little bit. Do you remember back in the day, like how it all started? It's so weird. There, there's not a person in my family that played basketball. No one. My dad was a NASCAR race car driver. Um, Professional. So, yes, yeah, so there's another pillar of Hamilton for you. Is yes. he live here? Does he live here? Yeah, he still lives here. I've never spoken to a professional NASCAR driver. Yes. Sir, if you're listening <laughs> to this, you're up. <laughs> so, yeah, my dad, um, when I was little, 
to stay in shape, we had a basketball court in the backyard and he would shoot around. He was not good, <laughs> but I would be out there with him. Um, he was just doing it for exercise. Yeah, just staying in shape, you know, just to add to his cardio, whatever. Um, so I, was, I would go out there with him and he said I just had this natural knack for handling the ball. So I liked it. I mean, the ball was bigger than me and I was out there dribbling with my right hand and then he, he never forced it on me, but I wanted to play. So he started to help me and he taught me how to dribble with my left hand. And then it was all I wanted. I Are mean, you right-handed or? I'm right-handed. Yeah. I just teach you to dribble that's hard with yeah. the left hand. Yeah. yeah. So, um, you know, after that point, if it wasn't a basketball, I didn't want, I wasn't playing with Barbies. My mom, my poor mom. I just, I wanted that basketball in my hands 24-7. I had the little Nerf thing in the house. You name it. Oh, I know that thing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> on you the door, it. on yep. the door frame. <laughs> I, had, I, it, it, I lived and breathed it. So, um, you know, my parents put me in with the Bulldogs and Don Steger was running the Bulldogs at that time. The Bulldogs? The Hamilton Bulldogs, oh. which is like like the rec program here. Okay. Um. Still how, exists. How, how old were you at that time? Third grade. Um, and that was the first time I played organized and it just, it was natural. And, and you know, people were coming up to my parents like, yo, she's got something. Um, what do you think it was about your game in third grade that actually had people noticing? I mean, how much, I, you know, I'm teaching my kids and I'm happy if they, they make a basket right. or, you know, right. if, they, if they make it across without double dribbling, you know? Right. Like, Absolutely. I think number one, I think I had that intangible thing that you can't really teach kids. And I've learned that as a coach, I was so competitive, so competitive, even at that young age. So I was aggressive, you know, defensively, I, I was going to do whatever I had to do to get the ball. I wasn't timid. Um, and my ball handling skills at that age were strong and I could shoot. I mean, just like any other little kid though, like, you know, you, you don't have necessarily the proper form because you're weak and trying to reach the basket is tough. But you could see I had some of the correct mechanics. So, you know, coaches took me under their wings, and then it kind of all took off from there. And were you watching NBA, WNBA at that time? There was no WNBA. At oh, that time, exist. They, WNBA came out the senior year of my, of my senior year of high school um, is when the WNBA came onto the scene. So, 96, 97. Um, so there was no WNBA, but I, yeah, I watched the Sixers with my dad. I was a big Dr. J, Charles yes. Barkley. I love that. Was Barkley on the Sixers? Barkley played for the Sixers. Yeah. Gosh, I don't even remember. Yeah. He, he was there for a while. Okay. Pre, pre Allen Iverson. Back then I, 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 so I've always loved one-on-one -on -one sports, but there's one sport as far as team sports that I've always loved more than the rest. And it is basketball. I always loved basketball. And back then I was watching, of course, the Bulls, and right. also I was I was a big Spurs fan, and I think that was because I thought Rodman had cool hair or something <laughs> like that, you know? Right, right. Yeah, but man, what an awesome time for basketball yeah, back uh, then. Yeah, it was so cool. It, well, I, I did not like Michael Jordan. Woo! Believe it, I mean, oh, I, listen. Oh, that's a tough guy to hate. I, I respect him, yeah, no dude. doubt. He He's the greatest. I think, like, the LeBron-MJ argument. MJ's a goat? I, I'm, oh, 100%. Why, why? He, there, there's no LeBron without Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan revolutionized the game of basketball. It's not what it is today without Michael Jordan. I, and I, I just think Michael Jordan was doing things that people only dreamt of doing on a basketball court. I think LeBron kind of carries the torch. And he's got a different body build, and we can get into all that. But I He still definitely say, carries the torch, right? Yeah, yeah. I, he's the closest thing. I mean, I think Kobe Bryant was up there, too. Yeah. Um, 
But yeah, so I grew up in that era of basketball, but I was a big Sixers fan. And then I was a huge Duke fan back when they had Grant Hill, Bobby Hurley, mm. Christian Leitner. Grant Hill was a bad influence for me. I remember <laughs> being a little child and commercials on Nickelodeon were telling me that Grant Hill dro- drunk Sprite. Oh, gosh. Do you remember those commercials? Yes, I do, I do. So every chance I got, I would drink Sprite hoping that I would be the next Grant Hill. Oh my gosh, that's too funny. That's hilarious. Yeah, yeah. little yeah. guy, right? He was like six, not even six foot. No, he, Grant Hill was, was about six four. He, he was, was he one of the smaller guys though? Yeah, considered. Maybe I'm thinking of like Muggsy Bugs. Or something. Muggsy Bugs was like five two. That's who I'm thinking of. The small, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember Grant Hill and it five two. Yeah, shorter than me. Five Unbelievable two what that guy in could the do. NBA. Five three around that. Yeah, that's never been done before. No. right. Well, or, him and Spud Webb. Spud Webb. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's incredible. They were two little. Guys. Oh gosh. People yeah. towering over them. How do you even shoot? They could. Dunk, they dunked. They dunked. Yeah. Of course they did. Yeah. <laughs> Outstanding athleticism. So back then you were. What made you uh, gravitate towards the Sixers? Well, my dad was a Sixers fan. Okay. My first game was a Sixers game, you know, so I kind of just, I, I started to follow Dr. J and there was a camp at the old Hamilton high school. Um, and Dr. J was a guest. Oh. So I got to hear him speak. And then he chose a couple kids to play two on two with him and one of his sons. So myself and another girl got picked. <sighs> And it was really cool. That must have been so. Yeah, I, I was don't know, in like when you're that fifth young. grade, fourth, fifth grade. I was just in awe. You must have been like, what is happening? Yes, yes. It was really cool. Yeah. Very cool. So, okay, you're in third grade. People are noticing you have some skills. Back then, what was the game to you? Were you just, you wanted to be the one who scored all the points? Because that, that's generally, I mean, you could tell me better than I could tell you. But what I've seen from summer camp and my own kids is like, most people want to, I want to shoot. I right. want to be on the offense. I want to get those uh, points. You right. know, everybody, right. even the kids who, who can't even shoot up to the basket. That's all they want to do. Right. What, what were you like back then? I was a point guard. Um, and I, I kind of, I mean, I wanted to score. I, 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 there's not many kids that don't, especially when you're little, like you're saying, like, that's the fun part, you know, scoring. Um, but I loved dribbling the basketball. Like my handle, that was one of my favorite things, and I loved to to pass the ball. Like find, as I got older, I was finding creative ways, got a little fancy with my passes, things like that. So, but when I was in third grade, yeah, I, I wanted to, you know, score and yeah, hear, the hear the crowd cheer, cheer. yeah, get all excited for you, absolutely, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so, okay, you're now in fifth grade. You're you're doing work with Dr. J, you said. <laughs> I mean, I got to play with him, yeah. The doctor, the, you're playing with the doctor. Uh, where are you in in your, I don't want to say career, but in your sport at that point? Um, fifth, Well, fifth grade, sixth grade, I started to play on an AAU team, which, you know, was kind of. What's that? An, an AAU Amateur Athletic Union is what it stands for. Oh. Um, so it's almost like, I guess, like a club soccer team sort of thing. Yeah. For basketball. Okay. Um, and it's really the way that you're, you're going to set yourself up for college exposure. So, you know, my parents started talking to people and they were like, you know, you should put Jackie on, a, on an AAU team, play against better competition, play with better kids, et cetera. So um, there was a team out of like Marlton. I'm trying to remember the name. I think we were called like the Panthers or something like that. So I was... I was playing for our middle school 
and then I was playing for the Bulldogs, and I was also playing for the Panthers. Yeah, three teams going on. And I played softball too. So sure, yeah. My parents, not? my parents were driving me all over creation. God bless them. Those are good, good folks. Yes. I'll talk about it with your dad when he's here. Yeah, <laughs> I'll make sure we get him in here. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I started getting really, really serious about it. And by the time you know, I was in middle school. When I was in sixth grade, I was playing up with the seventh and eighth graders. Um, and, you know, that's when I started getting some attention from high school coaches. And Saint at that o. point, at that point. Um, so I also, like I said, I played in basketball teams and, and I was always uh, my specialty, I would say, would be assists and, and um, rebounds for what I think it's because of Dennis Rodman. I like practice rebounds right. constantly. And so, like, I would literally get picked on teams because they wanted the rebounds. I would get those rebounds. Um at this point, you know, you've been playing for a few years. What would you say your specialties were? At that point, I would say shooting and ball handling. Those were my two things. And I was definitely lacking on the defensive end because I didn't, at that age, I, I wanted to, I was so offensive minded. If I look back at myself now as a coach and I'm like, oh gosh, I would <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, nobody, I, nobody wants to play defense. I didn't like playing defense. And now I tell my kids, you know, defense wins championships. You and, say and, that Oh, now. yeah. Oh, we're going to get it done on that end of the floor. Well, the offense will take care of itself. And I think about myself as a player, and I was like, Ugh. Oh, I wouldn't want to coach me. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, um, I developed a nice little jump shot. And my, my ball handling, I think that's what – set me apart because I was small. I mean, I'm only 5'5", five five, so going back then. How, how is that compared to the com the other female competitors? When I got to college, it was, I mean, there there were guards I was guarding that were 6'1". Six six yeah. So you that was... You say 5'5"? Five five? I'm 5'5". Five five. That is so significant. So, yeah, you, you just learn how to do things in a different way. Um, and for me, it was using my speed and my handle. That, it was those, your ball handling that, that was made you be able to play against uh, girls that were that... Good. Correct. Or that tall, for that matter. Correct. Um, are you still, to this day, do you do you still see, like, the great uh, uh, ball handling being one of the greatest assets you could have in basketball? Oh, man. I, yes. Because if, you, if you're in a situation where you, you're playing for a team or you're coaching a team where you don't have at least one player, ideally you want two. Well, ideally you want all five. But <laughs> yeah. that can really handle the ball. Teams are going to prey on you. They're, you know, they're going to pressure you defensively and, and force you to turn the ball over. So, if you know, if you could get a kid that can just handle the ball and not do anything else, even if they can't score, they're still a commodity because you need that on the court without and, a doubt. And when you say handle the ball, are you specifically talking about be able to dribble in ways that when people are trying to steal the ball or in your way, you're able to get around them? Yes, without yes. Them yeah, that, that, I mean... Being able to use both hands, um, dribble with your left hand and your right hand is huge. It's huge. I, like I said, I played plenty of basketball. Not like you, but I played some basketball. Still to this day, like I'll I'll bounce the ball over to the left hand, <laughs> but and then right back quickly. to the right, real quick. Yeah, <laughs> pretty quickly back yes. to the right. Yeah. So being able to, you know, almost be able to handle the ball similarly with both hands is huge. Um, and just like good decision making, a playmaker, somebody who can can handle the ball, handle the pressure, and run your offense, be the quarterback out there. You know, those are things that are really valuable. And I happen to be – that was a strength to me. I, I was the kid that – I was going home and, like, drawing the plays on paper, and I would know everybody else's position so that 
as the point guard, if somebody was out of position, I was telling you where to go. Um, Would you say that your, for lack of a better word, your your basketball IQ was ahead of uh, most others? Yeah, I think for my age, it was probably more advanced because I, I, and honestly, I think it was because I watched a ton of basketball. You know, games would be on, my dad would be like, oh, you know, Jackie, whoever, the Bulls are on, or Tennessee women are on, because they were big then in UConn, and, you know, I would sit in front of the TV and, like, watch, and not just watch, though, study, study. yes, study, and then my own game films, you know, my parents would come with the camcorder. I would watch them over and over and over and over again, and it wasn't always to see what I did well. Of course, that was cool, but I'd be like, oh my gosh, like, why did I do that? Why did I make that pass? Or, you know, I should have gone up stronger on that shot or whatever. So I was constantly, you know, studying the game and that made a big difference. It's because basketball is not one of those sports where you could just pick up a ball, play, you know, from November until the end of February and leave it alone and and think that you're going to be good at it. You know, you got to work at it. It's a lifestyle. It definitely is. I, I had the same thing in pro wrestling. Like, I couldn't wait. Like, I can't wait to just watch myself wrestle after all these years. And right. I remember watching that first tape. And it that was the day I stopped becoming a, a, a wrestling fan and became a pro wrestler. Because that was the day I was looking at it. And, yeah, it was exciting when I did the right things and the crowd was going wild. But then when I did uh, maybe just missed a beat or things just seemed a little off in the ring and then the crowd dies down. It's like, oh, I could have done this or I could have sold that guy's move like that to make it look like a stronger move. Watching tape, and I also remember the other wrestlers, a lot of times they'd be like, "Ah, I don't watch that crap. I don't watch my own stuff. I I feel like they thought that people had an ego for watching. Right. And I was like, no. Like, that is one of the best tools you can Uh, have. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was in college, we would have to watch film as a team, you know, and the coach would pause it and call you out right then and there, like, you were in the right (laughs) spot, you know, or that was a dumb shot, whatever, you know, and I do that with my high school players, you know, we we sit and watch film, and they need to be taught what to look for while they're watching. Yes. Um, So sometimes, like, I'll print out a worksheet. Or I'll, I'll tell them they have to take notes focusing on specific aspects to get them to try to build that IQ. Because it's, it's not something that's, you know, easy to pick up necessarily if you don't really know what you're looking for or what you're looking at. Yeah, the visual really helps. Yeah. And and so let's, we got to talk about your uh, your amazing high school career. <laughs> I keep calling it a career. What do I call it? Uh, yeah, it was, it was my high school career. Yeah, um, yeah. You uh, were top of the top. Can you can you read me off? Your, what would it say on the back of your basketball card? Oh, my gosh. Well, I was fortunate enough to start all four years varsity at Hamilton. Start, meaning you're the first one in. I was part of the starting five, yes. Um, and you were always a, a point guard? Uh, well, my, my freshman year, there was another player, Jen Butler, who was a senior. She was a point guard, and I was a shooting guard, which was an adjustment for me because I wasn't used to that. But... It, I, Can you I, tell me? It's so dumb. I've watched basketball. I've even like coached here in, at, at the school. Right, you know? right. I've played. I still don't exactly know what these positions mean. So, so the point guard is is in charge of calling out the plays, primary ball handler, kind of distributing the ball. Hence, so, Michael Jordan. Uh, he was more of a scoring shooting guard. I, I'll give you John Stockton. His official title was not point guard? No. Oh. No. John Stockton was a point guard. Or um, I'm trying to think of like in today's world. Chris, Chris Paul. Okay. 
Kyrie Irving. They're okay, all point, I know Irving. He's okay. a point guard. Okay? okay. Okay. So a shooting guard, Michael Jordan. They Clay Thompson's another one. Their primary goal is to score. They're usually your your shooting guard is your best outside shooter. Or they could get to the hole, pull up jump shots, but they're they're not so much running the show like the point guard is. Gotcha. Okay. And then then you got another guard who some people call it the you know, the power forward or the swing guard. I've heard that the power forward. They're kind of like the slasher. They get in the paint. You know, they might crash the boards a little harder. They might be the bigger guard of the three. Um, and then you got your two post players. So some people call them centers, forwards, but the game has changed. Uh, nowadays, sometimes you, you see post players, which are your big guys, playing on the perimeter, not with their back to the basket. So the, the game's evolving. Um, but I was a point guard. So, But I was a scoring point guard. So um, my freshman year, though, that was an adjustment because Jen ran the point, and she was very good at it and senior leader and um, – but I was glad to, to be out there starting as a freshman. It was cool. And and the really cool thing was there were two other freshmen with me starting. So we started three freshmen. But were there like seniors and uh, sophomores sitting on the... Yeah, yeah. That make things awkward? A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Sorry. So yeah, there were, there were three freshmen that started and, and two seniors. Um, and then, you know... I, Hamilton traditionally is not a basketball town. No. You know, we're football, baseball, field hockey, pretty much anything Even but soccer. basketball. <laughs> Even yes, soccer. Yes. Um, Such so a bummer. I love basketball. That team that year, we surprised a lot of people. They were not expecting Hamilton to, to be anything. And I think we lost maybe three or four games that year. How many, um, how many are in a season? 26. Oh, dang. That's a good record. We had a great year. Did um, you guys go on to any kind of like playoffs? We, or? we made state the state tournament. Um, and I want to say that year we made it to the second round and lost to maybe Collingswood, I think. Okay. Um, then my sophomore year, you know, obviously we graduated those two seniors and we started five sophomores. So there were five girls in my class. We were the five starters. That sounds like it'd probably be an unusual circumstance, it, right? It definitely was. Like you would think it would be all seniors up there. I mean, yeah. I, it, usually you get a mix. Like right now, the team I coach, I start, you know, two seniors, two freshmen, and a sophomore, depending on the lineup. So to have five sophomores, was it was pretty neat. Um, and that year, we made it to the South Jersey Group 2 final. Um, South Jersey group two final. Yes. So group, you know, they, they, they base your grouping on how big your school is. So at that time, Hamilton, like my graduating class was only like 250. So Hamilton wasn't as big as it is now. Um, so we were considered a group two. Group one was smaller. Group four is your biggest schools. Like, okay. your, like your Cherokee, Lenape's, uh, Washington Townships, those schools that are huge. Do they do they separate it like that because at a group four, there's just a, a way higher possibility to be able to recruit a lot of good players versus right. You're picking from a larger pool, you right. know, um, and and those kinds of sending districts too maybe are pulling from like different townships or oh. towns. Whereas back when I went to Hamilton, you were either from Hamilton, Folsom, or Collins Lakes. That was it. That was the school. Uh, so we were group two. We made it to the finals and lost to Delran. But, you know, everyone was like, whoa, that's five sophomores. You know, that's that's crazy. What are they going to do? Um, and, you know, sadly, we had one of the group transfer. She left us. Mid-season? Uh, it was going into our senior year, actually. Why would you um, do such a thing? Honestly, I don't know. But she ended up at A. Carver Township. 
Um, and that kind of broke up the chemistry a little bit. Oh, no. But we still did. In the four years that I was there, we lost, I believe, 15 games total. Um, but never put a banner on the wall. Well, oh, you got to win the number one championship. Well, Oh, does that eat you up? It does. Oh. It, it, because we, my junior year, my junior year, Middle Township was always our big rival. And they were very, very good. And, you know, we would come close, you know, lose by four, lose by oh. six. So my junior year, they beat us by like 13 at third place. They come to Hamilton and we finally beat them. Oh. First time in school's history, we beat Middle. So now, at the very least, we're tied for the, the league championship. So we'll share the banner. Don't you know, two days, three days later, we go down to Lower Cape May and lose in triple overtime to a team we never should have lost to and blew it. Do you and guys think your your headspace after that win, you guys got cocky? Oh, we were so, we thought we were like, oh, we walked in that gym. Talk like, about life lessons in yes, basketball. There you go. Yes, we. I remember walking in that gym thinking, we are, you know, the best. Unstoppable. Nobody's touching us. You know, this team, we we just, we beat you by 20, 25 what last time we played. good but painful lesson. I'll never forget. I remember it as vividly as it were <laughs> yesterday. I do. I do. So that, you know, and then senior year, we battled with middle again. And, and uh, the second time we played them, we played them there. And I had strep throat and I still played. And we ended up losing by three. Uh, so must they have been the strep. always... It was. I mean, I can still, still feel it. But, yeah, I mean, my high school career was great. You know, um, I got to play with my best friends, and, and we had a lot of success. Do they do they in the school nowadays display anything from those years? What, what yeah, they – well, my my 1,000-point ball is in the case when you walk in the gym. Your what ball? My 1,000-point ball. There's a 1,000-point ball. When you score 1,000 points, they give you a commemorative ball. Is it like a normal basketball? Or yeah, well, like the one that's at the school, I believe, is the actual one that I scored it with. Um, oh, and that's then, cool. And then they gave me one that I have at my house. Um, so that's neat. Yeah, that's that's protocol. So that's there. It's and a lot then, of um, points. It's a lot of points. It, it, was, it was pretty neat. And I did it at St. Joe. So we played St. Joe, which, you know, that's such a big rivalry. So to do it there was cool. I mean, Oof. it was packed. Nice. Everybody was there. It was, it, that was, it that was, was a moment, huh? Yeah, that was a really cool moment. Um, but yeah, they, they have the, the plaque for the Hall of Famers, so my name's on there. And then nice. they have a banner in the gym, too, with all the 1,000-point scores. Yeah. So that's neat. So, okay, and uh, after you, you go on to the – you've done this Hall of Fame high school career. You're moving on to college. What was that experience like for you? Well, I guess it was my sophomore year. I got a letter from an AAU team in Philadelphia called the Running Rebels, um, which was a really elite team. They wanted me to come try out for the team, so I did. I made it. It was the most grueling tryout ever. I mean, they made me play this one girl full court, one-on-one. -on -one. First, per first person to score wins, and it was almost like – I. It didn't turn out this way, but I was thinking, I think like whoever wins this is going to make the team. Oh, so much pressure. But I beat her, but she made the team too. So okay. it wasn't like that. Was it a back and forth? Or oh, you just got the ball. It was, and... it was brutal. Ooh. We were like beating on each other, and then we were exhausted. I mean, full court and your adrenaline's pumping. Sprinting. Yep. And the other girls that you know were already on the team were watching. Oh, it was so pressure. that makes the heart beat a little faster. As oh well. yeah, it was pressure. So that team was the best thing that ever happened to me because I got oh. so much college exposure. Because you play in all these tournaments <clears throat> and shootouts, and you know, 
it's like a meat market. College coaches come in and they've got their clipboards and rosters and they're there at your games taking notes. And then you leave those tournaments and you come home to a bunch of letters. Um, so, you know, I got a lot of division one looks and interest from my sophomore year on. Um, and going into my senior year, I, I narrowed it down. I had it down to Colgate university, university of Penn, Syracuse, Monmouth, and Central Connecticut State. Those were the five I narrowed it down to. Um, and then I really got it down to Colgate and Penn. And I went and visited Penn. They did like the whole official visit. You know, they take you out. They, you stay with the team. And I Oh, that's cool. It was cool, but I didn't like it. I, I couldn't believe it. I Here I am thinking like Penn and, and anybody that knows basketball, the Palestra in Philly where, where University of Penn plays is like one of the most storied arenas to play in. I mean, anybody who's anybody in Philadelphia basketball, especially has played in that gym. So, you know, I'm like, wow, I could play in the Palestra. I just, the vibe of the school was not for me. The school, what about the team? The the girls were nice. They were fine. It was just the the vibe of the school. I didn't like, I didn't like this, like being in the city that like everything was so spread out. Like I remember they, they took me out and we were like, walking to parts of the campus that were like spread out. So you're walking through like random Philadelphia streets. Then you're back on the campus. It just felt too big and way too kind of disjointed for me. For a girl from Hamilton. Yeah. You know, the the blueberry queen as some of my (laughs) friends call me. So, you know, and it's only like 45 minutes, an hour from home. And my parents, I think were like, I needed to get away. They wanted me far away because I kind of was, in my comfort zone, close to home, yeah, very, yeah. very tight with my mom, especially. I think that's, and uh, this is not a knock on Hamilton because I love Hamilton, but I will say that I could tell a lot of people have not had that experience mm-hmm. and they only know Hamilton. Right. And uh, your eyes get opened. Oh, absolutely. You- absolutely. So I, I ended up signing a national letter of intent with Colgate and got a full scholarship and Full scholarship. Look at you. Yeah, and and went up to Hamilton, New York, and started my college career. Yeah, was it a good ex- good experience? I was well. So I I started off at Colgate, which is in upstate New York, and it snowed from I'm going to say October until like March. <sighs> Some days, like the sun wasn't. It was just gray. Um, basketball wise, <laughs> it, it really was. I was like, and I also remember like the first big snowstorm. Like I turned to my roommate and I'm like. Oh, there's not going to be class today. And they're like, oh, no, 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 no. no they, they they plow this. It was like a science. They're on it. Oh, God. I was walking in ice storms to practice. Wow. It was crazy. But I liked it, but it was very isolated. Like, the town was really small. There were, like, a restaurant, two bars, a hotel, a grocery store. And, like, that was it. It was farmland. Um. So my freshman year, it was good. I played a lot as a freshman, started, you know. Um, I, I definitely had some growing pains at first, a little bit of homesickness too, being, yeah. being six and a half hours away from home. Um, but then I, I wasn't sure if I wanted to go back. And my parents were like, you're going to go back your sophomore year, do, see, see how it goes, see how you feel, give it another shot. So I went back. And again, another good year basketball-wise. Some bumps in the road here and there because I was a little bit of a hothead. Really? 
little bit. I can't tell. A little bit, little bit. No, I can see that fire. A little bit. So my coach and I butt heads a couple of times, but then I, you know, then I decided I got, this is what this guy wants. The fire in me needs to be, you know, I got to simmer down a little. Control it. Just control it. I had to harness it. Yeah. So, but you know, by the end of sophomore year, I, I started like the last 12 games, but I just wasn't happy at the school. I just, I was doing well academically. I just didn't like it. So I, I said to my parents, I don't, I want to be in a city. Um, so my assistant coach at the time, she was leaving. She knew she was leaving Colgate. Um, and she was like, you know, there's a school in, in Hartford, Connecticut, Trinity College. I, I know the coach really well, but it's, you know, it's a division three school. And at first I was like, I'm not playing division three. Division three. So I've never been completely sure, but I think I have an idea. Does that just mean players who aren't as good as Division well, Two, and then that's that's the assumption? And I was a part of being that assumption, like thinking, like I'm too good to play D three. I, I don't want to do that. Um, but really, the difference is D three schools can't offer you money for athletic scholarships. But you see a lot of girls. I can't speak to the guy side, but women who absolutely could go play division one. They're talented enough, but they don't want that level of commitment. You play division one basketball or any division one sport. It is, it's your job. You know, I was up at six in the morning on the track for workouts, then the weight room, then you have your full day of classes. Then you might have to watch film with the team. Then you got three hours of practice. Then you do it all over again. lifestyle. Yeah. I mean, there was very, we had fun and and things like that and got to travel. I mean, I went places that I probably never would have gone had I not played. Um, but you don't get necessarily like the average college kid's experience. Yeah, you are kind of making a trade, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and I wouldn't trade it. The the, the teammates that I had, you know, turned into sisters. And you you're know? traveling with those sisters. That's pretty cool. It is. I mean, you have built-in friends automatically. Like, you walk on campus, and those upperclassmen are like, let's take the freshmen the in. The same you know? passion you have. I yeah. mean, a lot of college kids, they go and they're lost. They're like, where are my people? Right. You know? Right. And you found them right away, so that's nice. Yeah, that was cool. But I ended up making the move to Trinity. I was going to transfer to UPenn. But to if you transferred, the rule used to be Division One to Division One, you had to sit out a year, and I, there was no way I was going to be able to do that. I Jackie doesn't sit out. No, I, I couldn't. I mean, it would have driven me nuts. <laughs> so I ended up at Trinity, and um, you know what? It, it was probably one of the best decisions I made. The school academically was great. I loved being in, in Hartford, Connecticut. You know, the culture, the city. I mean, it's not a huge metropolis like a Philly or a New York, but it was just enough for me. Um, you know, and, and athletically, I really excelled. I was, I broke the school record for three pointers in a game. No way. How many? Nine. Nine in one game. 27 points worth of three pointers. Yeah. Uh, that I was like out of my mind. Anything I put up, it was going in. It was Were just you one just of those like moments. In the zone? Yes. I hear yes. about this It was zone. just, I, it was, I would catch the ball and not even think about it. I just, and I knew it's in. It's Has in. that happened to you other times as well? Or was A that- few times, but not like that. That was like any spot. I was. I went back and watched that film. There were some some shots where I was like three or four steps behind the three point line. Like, how did I do that? Yeah, I just I was just feeling it that feeling night. It. Um, and and I, it was. I would love to know if there's a way you can make yourself go into. The, I feel like it just happens. It just so. it does. I I do remember, and my coach would tell you this. I was sit, like we were warming up, and I went over to get a drink of water. I said to her, "I'm feeling it tonight, coach." And she's like, oh, yeah. And she's like, okay, Jack, you know. And I was like, not really. 
I'm feeling it tonight. And after the game, she was like, obviously, you really were. No doubt. <laughs> um, but it was an NCAA record for a while, too. Division one, two, and three. And That's somebody, awesome. Somebody broke it. I think a guy broke it. Like 11 threes Does in a game. Does that count? Yeah, 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 right. yeah. But it still holds it at Trinity. And um, I was the scholar athlete of the year at the school. Scholar athlete? Yes. What's a scholar athlete? I graduated fourth in my graduating class. Jackie, you are an overachiever. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. What a cool title. Scholar. All right. It was, yeah, it was pretty. I mean, you know, I'll tell you this. In high school, I was the kid who was in honors and AP classes but I didn't take it seriously enough. Like I got A's and B's. Like we C's did not come home to the Cisco in the household. Oh. No, that was just my yeah. mom and dad. There were no C's. Um, so my brother and I, you know, we took school seriously. But I took shortcuts. You know, I was in the cafeteria. Oh, I'm going to do this homework real quick, like before class. And I schmoozed a little bit. Like Imagine what you could have been if you put your heart and soul into I it. I mean, I think I was like 11th in the class at Hamilton. But my <laughs> SATs were not good. I standard, really? No, no. If if I couldn't put a ball in a basket, I wasn't going to get into Penn or Colgate. No, no, huh. not with my SAT scores. Um, Math and language not your thing. Well, I'm an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> um, so no, I, just, I think I just I was I, I like froze up. Okay, kind test, of thing. Yeah, that, that type of and... like the pressure because coaches were telling me like you need to score this to oh, get in standardized testings. It was tough. Blah. It was tough. Um, but luckily, I got close enough so that I could get in. Um, but I remember going to Colgate and like my coaches calling me in and they were like, you know, if you could just maintain a 2.0, like that's what you need to keep your scholarship, stay eligible. And I was like, all right. And I'm thinking like, why does everybody think I'm not smart? Like, you know, just, you know, over well, and a lot of the girls on my team came from prep schools or, you know, private schools. Mm. So I was the public school kid. Um and the first semester, I made the dean's list. So everybody was like, oh, wait, what? You know, I you think. You were wrong. Yeah. I yeah. even think my parents were a little shocked. Like, oh, okay. you surprising people. So then I was like, well, I think I got confidence in like, okay, I'm not just Jackie, the basketball player. Because in high school, I, I definitely was that. You know, I didn't talk a lot in class unless the teacher called on me kind of thing. I knew, I knew things. I just didn't feel confident. Didn't want to not be too cool, yeah, you know, that I kind understand. of thing. Yeah. So um, I really came into my own, like, academically, intellectually in college. So, yeah, I was the and, scholar athlete. And when it year. came to basketball at that point, what was the ultimate goal? Or were you, were you doing the ultimate goal? The ultimate goal was to play overseas. Um, so as I was graduating, my coach was in contact with a, a team over in Italy. Um, and she was in talks with them. And we were about to like sit down and really talk about money, contract, and 9-11 happened. Mm. So at that point, myself, my family, like I wasn't going overseas. There was no way. Like, you know, it was oh, such wow. a scary time. Um, yeah, no one was. Yeah, uh, no. I mean, I was afraid to, you know, go to New York. Let so alone. with that crushed, was there anything else you wanted to aspire to be well, with then basketball? or A college coach. So oh. I did that for a couple of years. I actually stayed at Trinity um, the year after I graduated in 01. And I stayed on with my coach. I was her assistant, which was cool. But it was weird, too, because I was coaching some teammates of mine that, you know, I just played yeah, with the like year before. Same age. Yeah, that was hard um, to kind of keep that player coach 
dynamic when they were my friends. Yeah, that's very hard. That was tough. Um, to get to earn their respect after you've been hanging out as equals. It's, yeah, it was difficult. It's weird. It was weird. It, it was it was a great. I learned a lot. Um, and then I kind of was like, I don't know what I want to do because I I interviewed with a bunch of Division One schools, um, and I got offers from Fairleigh Dickinson. Um, University of Maryland, Baltimore County, who now the guy that was going to hire me now is a head coach in the WNBA, which is oh, wild. Wow. Um, but I was like, I don't want to do all that traveling. Like you recruit, you're on the road all summer. It, I was grueling. Like, so I had no clue what I wanted to do. So where did Jackie end up? Back in Hamilton. Like every other Hamiltonian. So I came back home and, and I was, you know, living with my parents at the time. And, I, and my dad was like, why don't you become a teacher? You could still coach. And I was like, I do not want to be a teacher. No way. No how. What's wrong with being a teacher, Jackie? It was never on my radar. <laughs> never on my radar. I, I felt like I don't have patience for kids. No. <laughs> Wait. You need so much patience to coach basketball to kids. Correct. Well, I'm thinking I'm coaching, you know, college women. Yeah. So that's different. So I'm like, ah, I don't know, Dad. He's like, well, why don't you substitute? So, you know, I go over to, to Hamilton, put in my paperwork, and there was a long-term sub position at the middle school. I, I took over an eighth grade language arts class as a long-term sub. I, I'll be honest with you, I didn't really know what I was doing. You know, I was following the plans. Well, I'm a, I mean, as, as a professional teacher, I've never seen a first-year teacher know, know what they're right, doing. Right, you know? absolutely. So, you know, I, I did my thing, and I was like, it was cool, you know, I, I had an easy way of developing a rapport with the kids. So I was like, all right, you know, this is all right. I, I could maybe see myself teaching, but I still wasn't like 100% sold. But you have a lot of really good personality uh, attributes that Thank you. should be part of a, a teacher's arsenal. Like the fact that you are intense, but you're also very loving uh, and you're very passionate. I appreciate that. Uh, you can see it right away. I've only known you for this. So it's like, <laughs> but, but it, like you, you have the charisma, which I think is an important part of being a teacher. Right. You care. And um, more than anything, you have like real passions in life, which it's so important to have that when you're a teacher so that you can see other people's passions and right. you can mentor them and teach them how to foster and, and, and become better it is at whatever it is they want right. to do. Yeah, yeah. So I, I did that and I actually um, became good friends with a teacher at, at the middle school, Chrissy Holak, who's still there. Um, and she was such an awesome teacher and it really inspired me. So she and I became friends and she was kind of like, dude, you should really do this, pursue this. And I was like, so I put out some resumes and Lower Cape May Regional High School, first interview I did and they hired me like two days later. So I taught, what did I teach my first year? 11th grade college prep English and 10th grade college prep English. And I, I really enjoyed it, you know, and I, I was the assistant girls basketball coach. Um, I was there for 10 years, but the commute was kind of tough. Um, I was I was driving from Mays Landing to Lower Cape May every day. How far is that? That was a good almost hour. Ooh. And when you're coaching, especially basketball, there's some late nights. Late nights. Ooh. It was tough. It was tough. So I was there 10 years, and then finally, it was weird, Hamilton, an English teaching position, and the head girls basketball job opens. And I had always Get said, I had always said, you know, if I'm going to coach somewhere, be a head coach, I would want it to be at my alma mater. So the stars aligned, so I took it. Um, I was going to say the exact same things. The stars align. Yeah, I took it and um, 
it was it was a, an interesting experience because going back and teaching with teachers who taught me that was <laughs> that like you know was it awkward a little bit you know at first because you know i'm still calling them like mr or miss mrs yeah, and they're like no still, call me by my first it's name it's hard to see them as a peer right yes yes that was tough at first um and you know my brother taught there so then he's there which was cool to work with my brother and his friends so there was that dynamic um and then a lot of kids were like oh you, you know, you went to high school with my uncle or, oh, you, you know, my aunt or my mom you grew up with. And I was like, oh gosh, this is all so close for comfort, you know? <laughs> um, but it sure is a small town. It is. It is. Um, so basketball wise though, it was my first head coaching job. Um, and I was super grateful to get it at my alma mater. And, and at that point, Hamilton girls basketball kind of was in disarray. Ooh, it was rough, huh? How rough are we talking? Talking like this is the right way to hold the basketball. Oh, they didn't know how to hold a basketball. (laughs) I mean, it it was like the the footwork for a layup, things like that. So, you know, my brother was the first person I went to and was like, you're going to be my assistant. And he was like, I'm not coaching girls basketball. He had been at St. Augustine Prep, which they're a, a boys basketball juggernaut. So I was like, no, no, no. So he said to me, you know, I'm going to. I'll be a consultant. I'll come to some practices. I'll tell you what I see, what I think. And and that's it though. I'm not coaching. So he comes to like the third practice and he's out on the court, like going. And the next thing you know, he's on the staff. So he and I, you know, we really worked hard together to rebuild. So the first year, those kids, we called them the bad girls because they were tough. Like the Pistons of the 1990s with Dennis Rodman and Uh Bill Lambier. They they were so tough and, and, did you talk about defense winning games? They bought into that, and we won nine. <laughs> we won nine games, um, and and we missed the state tournament by like two power points. It was kind of heartbreaking, um, but the growth in the program was evident. So then the following year, you know, the expectations were higher, and we had a lot of young kids come in, freshmen, and um, we we really groomed them, and they came along. So that year. We made the state tournament. I think we won 12 games. So there was a lot of improvement again. And then I got a job offer at ACIT. So, and the money, it was really hard for me to say no. The the, the difference between the salaries, I was like, this is kind of a no-brainer. Yeah. Um, so I left for, for ACIT and I thought about staying on as the head coach at Hamilton, but then I thought they're going to want me to coach over there. That's kind of part of this deal. So I, I resigned. My brother took over the girls at Hamilton for a Get couple out years. Of here. Yeah, for a couple <laughs> years. Yes. And he did well. They, they won the, the conference championship. Um, oh, that's wow. From a team that was broken to yep, this. Yes. Yeah, wow. So we're, we're definitely proud of that legacy because the, the girls that were freshmen were juniors. The, they were freshmen when I coached them and they were juniors when my brother won with them. So that's so awesome. It was cool to to kind of have both of our hands in that and contribute to that. It's like a movie. <laughs> that's hilarious. Um, he'll like that. Um so yeah, then I then I went over to ACIT and I was the J V girls coach, um, which was an adjustment after being the head coach and now suddenly you're not. It, wait, what wait, what were you at this point? The the junior varsity girls coach so why is that different than being a head coach? so as the head coach 
I like at Hamilton, I was the varsity head coach. So I'm in charge of the varsity team. And I also oversee the JV team and the freshman team. But there's other coaches that coach them. But they're basically following like my game plans, what I want them to run, things like that. Like the head coach is in charge. So I was under another coach. Um, so it was different. But it was a humbling experience because it helped me kind of um, hone some some coaching skills that maybe – I didn't have to, to utilize as a head coach. You mean like you were on the outside so you could see certain things yeah, you wouldn't see? Yeah, it, it was definitely were... different. Mm. And I got to play like good cop versus being like the, the tougher, the head coach is always, are you, you know. Are you able to play good cop? I was. Okay. I was, yeah. In that in that position, absolutely, yes. Um, but then the Holy Spirit job opened, the head girl's job. And I, you know, spoke to the head coach at ACIT and I said, you know, I really think I got to put in for this. And he encouraged me and I did. And I got the job. And I mean, that was an amazing experience because there's such a culture of winning there. Um, and I hadn't had that yet at that point mm. in my coaching career. So the schedule we played, the level of competition, the crowds we had, it was electric. It was so cool. Um, Especially the first year I was there. It was We had a really successful team and did a lot of great things. And um, I was proud of that group. That That's one of my favorite groups that I've coached. Yeah. Um, and I stayed there for two years and then ACIT's head coaching job opened. So everyone was kind of like, you know, how are you not going to put, you're in the building, you know? How are you not going to put in for that job? And I kind of hemmed and hauled and I said, nah, that, that's a no-brainer. Like, it's so much easier to be in the school with the kids you know, you can kind of keep tabs on them, on their grades, stay on top of things. Whereas when I was at Spirit, you know, I'm rushing out of out of ACIT, driving apps, you can get into practice. You know, I don't know if somebody's not in school that day or in trouble or, you know, whatever. So yeah. that was, it was stressful. Um, so yeah, I got the head coaching job at ACIT and the rest is history. So through your coaching, I want to know about any of the successes you have been a part of and i'm not just talking about winning the big game because like we said this experience a lot of them aren't going to go on probably the vast majority of them are not going to make a career right. out of this but uh who did i have on recently um i'm, I'm, I'm a football coach it was a football coach but anyways uh oh frank frank was on uh the fight like frankie episode and he was talking about um his experience coaching football and what he's seen uh, these games and the life lessons learned, how, how it's manifested itself in creating these kids who are ready for life. Right. You know? Right. Uh, so whether it's, it's successes on the court, uh, just in the mind, have you been able to witness anything that makes you proud of the work wow. that you've done? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I have former players of mine who are now teachers or ready to become teachers, which I think is so cool. Um, Isn't that the craziest? Yes. And it's like shocking too, to, to see them suddenly now like blossom into these educators, um, <laughs> which is, is really neat. Um, you know, and I, I've had some kids who've had some really tough life experiences. Um, and they've said to me, like, I got through it thinking about some of the lessons, you know, that you would talk to us about in terms of, you That's know, really special resiliency and stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and I, I've had some kids who thought, you know, playing basketball after high school wasn't going to be an option. And, and I have one player in particular who right now she's at a, um, at Rowan Gloucester County junior college. She's playing 
They're ranked in the country. Um, she's a starter and she's, you know, looking at getting some like division two offers now that this will be the end of her two years. Um, and you know, that's something she didn't think was possible. And and I'm super proud of her. I mean, I, there's a billion stories I could tell about kids and you know, it's neat because a lot of former players of mine will reach out to me on birthdays, reach out to me even on mother's day, which I think is super sweet. Um, you know, they know that, that once you're, my kid, you're my kid, you know, life. whether, whether a hundred percent, you know, <laughs> one of them just turned, I, I looked, I wished her a happy birthday on Facebook the other day. Nicolette's like 25, 27, something like that. And I'm like, Oh my God, Isn't I feel so, so old. Strange. My original students, they're like careers, families. It's wild. They're messaging me, thanking me. And I'm like, all I know, I know you as a 10 year old. How do I talk <laughs> to you, man? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Yeah, it's crazy. But those things make it worthwhile, you know? And I was I was saying that to my current players. Like, down the road, it's not going to be whether or not, you know, we beat Atlantic City. It's not going to be whether or not, you know, we put a banner on the wall. Although those things are special and those things are great and that's what you strive for. But you're going to remember, like, the memories in the locker room or the bus rides or, you know, team meals together, stuff like that. Um, so, and I think that the kids who have played for me, you know, have gotten – that message that it's bigger than just basketball. That's awesome. I wish I had known that when I was a pro wrestler, because at the time it's like I want to, I want to be chosen to win the match. I want to win the championship. This right. and that. When in reality, I was having this experience that no one else gets to have. Yeah, and, yeah. And well, it's tough when you're in it. You yeah, know, I mean, I know. no one I, ever gets to go back and live yeah, it the way like, they want like to. Like so. I, I, I could picture myself at, you know, 15, 16, 17, 18 years old. And some coach telling me like, you're not going to remember this win or loss. And in my head, I was like, the win is all that matters, you know, <laughs> which but, is probably also why you were so good. But, you know. but I mean, you know, there's got to be that balance. And I credit my brother for that a lot, because I think coaching with him when I first started coaching, the fire was off the chains. I like in so, a good way. No, Yo, I, I was no. I was a screamer. I was on the referees terribly. Are you still that way? I've learned to schmooze them a little bit more. <laughs> I've learned how to kind of Kill talk, talk to them. You know. Um, but, Those pictures but, I see of you, man, they tell a different tale. <laughs> You're pointing, and the veins in your neck are coming out. <laughs> I mean, but my brother used to say to me, like, you are not getting anything out of the kids by going off. Like, I would just, you know, they'd make a mistake and it would be the end of the world to me. So he really taught me kind of like going into things. He would say, you know, focus on this mini goal, you know, especially like the first year at Hamilton where we were, we were like, we lost to Williamstown by like 45 points the first time we played. Oh, yeah. They're, they're, and those are tough games to, to coach and try to stay positive. But especially he, towards the end when it's like, how do you keep going? Like, and he, he very much was like, we know that this is what it's going to be. So let's set attainable goals for them. You know, whether it be, you know, we're going to grab X amount of rebounds or we're going to limit turnovers to this. So he really helped me see, the smaller picture um, instead of just like the tunnel vision of we got to win, we got to win, we got to win. Cause yeah. as a player, that was who I was. And I think when I first started coaching, I was projecting Jackie Siscone, the player onto my kids. Uh, this year, my players are like, you're so calm. <laughs> like, <laughs> who are like, you? Yeah. What, what's going on? But honestly, this has been 
while this has not been my most successful season wins and loss wise, it's been one of my favorite seasons. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. The kids are great. You know, they're fun to coach. They, they're like sponges. They, they take in what we're telling them to do. They're improving. And, and I, I do, are I you have able fun. to find a balance. Like I, I think that would probably be the best best to find the balance of the intensity with also the laid back. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you know, at one point this season we were, we played ocean city. Who's perennially very good. And, um, we were, I think we were only losing by like four or five points at halftime. We ended up losing by 15, which was good. And I said to them, I said, now I see what you guys are capable of. So now that you're going to get the tougher Siscone for a little bit. <laughs> so, but they've responded to the intensity, but the intensity is not at like level 1000. <laughs> I've notched it down. And, and, you know, again, I think that's a credit to my brother. And also my athletic director really has um, kind of, been a mentor to me and, and yeah. helped me and kind you've of been at it for so many years the experience yeah nothing beats experience oh absolutely yeah like i go back and jackie, look at stuff jackie this is a problem you're such an easy and fun person to talk to <laughs> we are like really running short time and i have like 15 other things oh uh, no just really quick before yeah. we get to the yes, chat yes. pack um first of all all that was amazing i think that's fantastic and i would love to uh, hear how things progress now that you've taken on this new more calm <laughs> The Zen, the Zen, Zen coaching experience, but um, okay, let's move off from basketball. We only have a second to talk sure. about it. But when I was uh, stalking your Facebook, I couldn't help but notice you teach a, a class very similar to what I have taught, and that is uh, poetry in hip hop. Yes, a hip hop and poetry class I teach. How the heck did that come about? I um, I pitched the idea to my administration because in English class, whenever I'm like, all right, guys, we're gonna we're gonna focus on poetry. It's always, oh gosh, I hate poetry. It's so hard. I don't understand it. And my response is always like, what are you listening to in your AirPods right now? And 90% of these kids are like, oh, you know, rap music, Drake, whomever. And I'm like, that's poetry. <laughs> it's totally poetry. You know, Shakespeare is no different. So I, I pitched the idea to our director of curriculum. She loved it. Um, and we made it an elective for seniors only. Um, and it's it's been a ton of fun. I People mean, signed up. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last year, because of COVID, we were on a semester schedule. So I had I, I didn't get a full year of it. I taught one semester each. Um, so this year is my first year with it as a full semester. Or as a full year. And it's been Beforehand, great. Beforehand, were you a, a big hip-hop um, or rap fan? Yes. Yeah, Huge. Who, who do you listen to? Wu-Tang was my all-time favorite. Oh, yes. Wu-Tang. Enough with that. No, you can't. Nope. Um, Tiger style. <laughs> protect your neck. <laughs> um, Jay-Z, Biggie, you know. Hey, what did you think of the halftime show? Amazing. I wanted more. Was that not... Sick? I just want... I wanted Eminem to do something else. Lose Yourself, it was cliche. I love him. You know he was going to do. I know that that that's why I didn't want it. Yeah, because I knew that's, that's what, what was they coming. Do at the Super Bowl, they do their number one. Yeah, but, but uh, that is a good song. You don't like uh, that song? I love the song. It's played out though. It's definitely played. It's out. It's so played out. <laughs> that's why I was, I, was I was hoping out. for something else. But I love him. He was one of my favorites. Um, but yeah, I mean, rappers today. I like Jake Cole. I like Kendrick. I, you know, I'm so out of touch with today's uh, hip hop. It's it's not. I still listen to Public Enemy. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, to Snoop. I love it all. 
But uh, the new stuff, someone would have to tell. I tried to listen to Drake. I'm, uh, not He's thing. not bad. I mean, I give it a shot. I stay up on things, too, because of this class. Because the kids are like, oh, Mrs. Scone, can you play Little Dirk? And I'm like, and there's a middle, a million littles. I'm like, little, which little are we talking about? <laughs> so I try to stay up on it as much as I can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, 90s rap the 90s is the golden rap. age. Oh, the golden age. Absolutely. music videos. Oh, California Love. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, so good. Good. Uh, even Beastie Boys and all that. Oh, I gosh, yeah. I love them. So good. Yep. Very cool. Very cool class. I feel like you're the type of person I could talk to for hours, but <laughs> we only have an hour, so it's time for something called the chat pack. Uh-oh. And uh, I think you've heard an episode, so you might know what these are. I think. I think. You're going to point to one of these. I'm going to read you the question, and hopefully you have... All right, we'll go with that one. ...an answer. All right. All right. Going straight from the middle. If, like the newspaper or milk, you could have anything, anything of your choice delivered to your doorstep every single morning, what particular item would you want it to be? Breakfast. <laughs> what kind of breakfast we're talking um, about? I mean, I, I, I'm a Starbucks frequenter. Um, it's a little bit of addiction and I'm always like running late, like flying out of the house in the morning. So if that could be delivered to me every single day, what do you get? I get a bacon Gouda sandwich. I love those bacon. Can I get that, a bacon? So good, right? So good. So good. And I get a venti ice peppermint mocha with oat milk. Say it again. Venti ice peppermint mocha, oat milk. All right. Always iced. It could be like negative 20. I have to have an ice coffee. I really, you yeah. always like that ice, even in cold weather. Yes. I, so I'm so lame. Like I always want my caffeine so I get the regular stuff. But I'm always curious on Saturday on my cheat day, what sweet, delicious drink that's caffeinated should I drink? The peppermint mocha. It's good. If you if you like chocolate, a little bit of peppermint, it's Who good doesn't? stuff. It's yeah. good stuff. All it's right. my favorite. That's my cheat day. There you go. Drink. Very cool. All right. Good answer. What kind of food, by the way? Oh gosh, what kind of food? Oh, wait, you I already said you yeah, said yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. sandwich. I thought you meant okay. No, I got you. I got you. One more. All right, let's do this guy. The first All one. All right, here we go. Oh, this is a good one for oh, you. Boy. Oh I boy. I, I feel like you would definitely have an answer for this. You've no doubt heard the expression, "They couldn't pay me enough money to do that job." So, what job would that be? For Jackie Sis. By the way, Sis, that's... That's just... I put that so my students don't find me on Facebook. (laughs) (laughs) Siscone. That's a a skilled move right there. (laughs) Yeah. So, yeah. uh, uh, What job would they... What job would they not... If they were like, yo, Jackie, here's the deal. We know you don't want to do this. This is a very (laughs) tough job. This is whatever. Uh, We're going to pay you $2 million dollars a year to do this job. What job would that be where you're like, you know, still, no. I, I, I have a tremendous amount of respect for this profession. Doctors and nurses, so much respect. I cannot do it. I cannot handle blood, vomit, you name it, broken bones. I, I get queasy. I, I can't do it. Can't do it. You don't, you don't ever see those videos online or anything? Oh, you can't oh watch I can't watch. Have you ever seen anything on the basketball court? Yes. Last year, a kid, we thought she broke her nose. And I went out on the court, and she had her hand, you know, over her nose. And I'm like, are you good? And she looked up at me, and blood everywhere. I, I immediately, I turned to my brother. I was like, you got to do it. Get her. Get her. 
the trainer came out and there were drops of blood like down the sideline. They're cleaning up and I'm coaching the game and I'm, I'm pacing the sideline and I get to the blood and I have to sit down. I, I legit thought I was going to wow. pass out. Yes. Yeah, I can't. See, it's a good thing you chose um, basketball over pro wrestling and mixed martial arts oh, like gosh. I chose because I see blood. I'm like, man, wipe that up and let's go. <laughs> I get, I can see my own. Not well, like if I cut my finger or something, I'd be like, ah. Oh. But if it's a lot of blood or it's someone else's blood, I can't do it. You know, I can do blood. I can do blood all day. But when I see a bone shaped like an S, oh, that's when I'm like, yeah, Ehh. yeah, no, I can't do that either. No way, Jose. No. You are so awesome. This Thank was, you. This was great. Yeah. Do you have anyone out there in the world you would like to give? I know you've mentioned a lot of people, but go ahead. Give shout outs to whoever you want. Well, obviously, my family, my dad, Tony Siscone. You, you're the next guy. You got to get on here, man. Yes, sir. Can't wait. Um, definitely all, all my students and my players and, and uh, all my friends and family. Thank you all for everything. Love you guys. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Jackie. Should I just call you sis? Go for it. Jackie sis. <laughs> <laughs>